Sway in the morning, Shay 4-5. We got to talk about what's happening in Chicago. Everybody's watching this viral video. This guy in the hoodie, they're calling the Grim Reaper. He stopped the carjacking. Is he right for taking the law into his own hands? He's become a folk hero. What about the shooter? You look like a white dude. You're cocked, locked, and ready to rock. I'll see. Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Substandard, sponsored by Casper Mattresses and by Quip Electric Toothbrush. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you, The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You will easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. Well, as I mentioned yesterday, we are back after a, a week hiatus. A modest hiatus. People get so, uh, they get so angsty when they, we're gone unexpectedly for one week. They demand 52 episodes a year. I think is what they demand. They what they we're on the for. BB. We're on the BBC schedule. They get, they get what they where pay we for. Only, we're not yoked to some twenty-three episode a season. Got to get it into syndication. Mm-hmm. We just tell the stories at the length the stories need to be told. Yeah, yeah. and if it's six episodes, it's yeah. six episodes. Whatever, right. and then the end of the show. Um, <laughs> the uh, JVL, uh, how are you doing? You survived. You were taking care of kids for several days, and you were worried if you were you. Th- you said there was going to be one of two consequences. Either you would spend gobs of money on Lego or head to the ER. What happened? Uh, option number one is what, ha- okay, is what happened. Good, 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 good. When we showed yeah. up to the Lego store for the second day in the row, the clerk was like, you're back already? Did you build everything that you bought yesterday? And I was like, oh, yeah, we did, big guy. Yeah, it's a great. And when you spend enough money at Lego, they bring you into the champagne room. It's great. It's great. The Lego VIP room. Is there, the Lego VIP room? Is there, is there sex in Amazing. the Lego champagne room? <laughs> Can't talk about it. It's Duplo sex. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what had, that means. But I had something funny to tell you guys. That you, please. Sonny won't get this, but you will. Okay. Because you have children. Mm. Uh, my <laughs> oldest son I and I have my, a child. You have a child. Mm. It's barely like okay. having. Okay. It's true. You don't have children. You have a child. Uh, my oldest, oldest son and oldest daughter have a complicated relationship. Sure. Sure. Same. Love, uh, hate. Yeah. Okay. Or is it hate, hate? <laughs> So my my it's it's Girl Scout cookie time. Oh yes, you're aware of this, yeah, of right? Of course, I just uh, sold a bunch. My son saved up allowance and lawn mowing money and spent one hundred dollars on Girl Scout cookies. So he really helped his sister out. He bought every single box from somebody else. In <gasps> Boy, that's question. <laughs> <laughs> Was this done? Was this done out of spite, or was this done to win the affection of someone else? Ah, yes. No, no, because he spread that money around the Girl Scout troop. He bought from everybody. Almost everybody. With one exception. So spite is what you're saying. Yeah. A hundred is a lot for one customer. I li- and he gave these away. That's the funny part of it. He was like, you know, hey, Mrs. Bianca, have a box of Thin Mints. Hey, I mean, he, he, giving is- them to his friends, giving <laughs> them to teachers. This is wow. I'm trying to. This That's is next like, level. This is like old boy style uh-huh. revenge. Mm-hmm. This is like this is planned out and just done premeditated. But it's not revenge because she is never anything but fantastic to him. What's malice? How did she malice. react malice. when she found this yep. out? I don't know that she fully has internalized mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Did you say, did you or uh, your wife uh, ask or provide we any sort of guidance? No, until one of the other mothers was like, well, you know, you bought some from your sister too, right? And Cody said to her in the school hallway, no. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's hardcore. How was your weekend, Sonny? Yes, Sonny. Or your week. Week. Or two. <laughs> Uh, well, I didn't we're going to laugh at this at the rehearsal dinner someday. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that. I, I, fortunately, I did not live through King Lear uh, over the last <laughs> fourteen days. Um, I uh, no, I realized that I, an, I am an old man this this week. This is what I've mm. I've come to grips okay. with the fact that I'm the elbow person. patches didn't give it away because what I did, the pocket squares. Let me tell you what I did this week. This week, yes. I spent a lot of time researching uh, the best ways to shine shoes, and I spent a lot of time on YouTube. 
and uh, men's men's clothing uh, websites. And I went to Allen Edmonds, the Allen Edmonds store, yes, the Pentagon City Mall, mm. and I spent eighty dollars on shoe shine gear. Not even a shoe. Not shoes. Eight dollars. Eight zero. Eight zero. Uh, on various shoe shine accoutrement. Let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, question. Were yeah, you suckered? You. Do were it you, right. Were you suckered into no, no. Because that happens. No. It happens over at, you know, no, no, no. Uh, no, no. that other place that I go to. Well, no, you no. need you know, the they, special rain right. coat. Oh, and the cream. Nope. And nope. then the sheen after the cream. Nope. I went in with a list and I read wow. off the list and I just, I knew what I wanted. And I knew what I wanted so specifically that the person who was helping me actually didn't know one of the items that I was asking for. I asked for a do- I asked for two daubers actually, and those are little horsehair yeah, brushes yeah, yeah. that you put the one for black, one, one for brown, one for black, one for brown. And she said, "What's a dauber?" And I was like, "No, no, dear, you're not doing this right." It's horsehair, right? Is that it's, what it yeah, is? Yeah, it's like, like, it's like a little horsehair brush, and, and isn't you it, uh, use it to put on the the, the so you polish. Got two daubers, and let me guess, uh, two big brushes. I got one. I, you only need the one, the one big oh, brush. You don't mind mixing that black no, and no, brown? No, 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 no. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Uh, what else? That's uh, three so things. I got, all right. So I got two daubers, one horsehair brush, two polish cloths, oh, polish a, brown, a brown polish cream, and mm-hmm. a black polish cream, and a uh, conditioner, uh, as well as a cedar shoe tree set. Oh, well, yep. That's supposed to preserve was, the lo- longevity well, the, of well, your shoe. You, you yes. really just need those for when you're actually doing the. Uh, the cleaning because you want it to have some some oh. some like you backing keep to it. it there you wanna, in general, you could right? do it, but I don't. I don't like. Um, I feel like I switch out my shoes enough that do I don't really have need to preserve them. A shoe shine box. I my father gave me one. Your shine box? Did your you sh- get it? You have a shine box. Did I, you get your I shine box? box? No, no, I don't. I don't have a shine box. I feel like I don't really need you, a shine. box. I think you do. It's part of the thing. Should I get a shine yeah. box? Mm-hmm. Question. Yes. Made out of wood. Question. Yes. I am somebody with proclivities. And uh-huh. so I, in general, uh-huh. understand zeroing in and obsessing about a thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. So here's- What is it that has so caused you what, to get no, into here's, shoe shine? Here's Talk what, about a foot fetish. Did you just spend $500 on English brogues or something? No, 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 no. No, here's what- So this is- My goal is to work up to that. My goal is uh, so here's here's then stop yeah. spending the money on shoe shine no, no. stuff and spend it on shoes. The I miles. Could, I are could the goal. spend the five hundred dollars. It's mm-hmm. not the money, JVL. The problem is I go through shoes with abandon. I go through shoes with reckless abandon. My shoes wear out within twelve to eighteen months every time that I buy them, and they do this because I don't take very good care of them. Let me ask you. So th- what I have done? What I have done is I've bought one pair of brown shoes, one pair of black shoes that are decent but not great. They're they're just they're fine. How they're much do they cost? They were hundred dollars each. They were very they're very That's basic fine. shoes. Mm-hmm. And if I can make these shoes last for three years, I will buy a nice pair of shoes at the end of that three years. What are you I doing to your shoes to kill them? What and I'm serious. Are you Quasimodo? Do you walk no, like Quasimodo, where you scrape your toe I, behind you? I, what no? That I, is a good question. Do you JVL? trip on escalators often? I, I do you trip on love. Well, are, I, you, I, are you pigeon toe? Certainly, I certainly trip on love, don't we all? Uh, but I, I, my, I, there's a combination of things. One, I walk very heavily on my heels, which wears down the heels, and that's I, the worst. You can have those replaced, and, and that, I, that replacing the heels is like a thing I've accepted. That that's just what I. That's how I walk. I, I can't. I can't do that. I can do. Can't do anything about that. What the the problem is? What happens is like the 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 creases at like kind of where the ball of the foot is. You know. They get torn and cracked, and then the sole breaks, and oh then the gosh. shoe itself gets. And so I, you're it's really just because pushing. I, it's just because I never ever get them cleaned properly. I never get them clean. I never get them uh, polished and and and. That's not out. why this is happening. Why? Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. It's your walk. Mm. It's your what? Your, your gait. gait. Maybe my gait is just your bad. kinesiology is all off. Right. Well, the problem I mean, is how you supposed to change your you. walk. This is a you this problem. This is a me problem, not a, not a shoe, shoe problem. problem. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. At the end of three years, physical therapy is what you we'll need. See. Not I a know what box. you mean. Though. I need a lot of <laughs> therapy. Okay. <laughs> nine minute. That was exactly on the nine minute mark. That's the one thing that I'll notice with my shoes is the heels. They start getting worn in from the edges or wherever how I walk, and I, I see that. And then when it gets really bad, then you have those accidental, you know, where you almost roll over yeah. your ankle, yeah. kind of thing. Which is look, and I want awful. I want shoes that look nice. I want shoes that like that have a nice little shine to them. I want you a know, patina, JBL. I want I, my shoes to have a patina. Your time is worth more than this. It isn't. That's the thing. (laughs) No, but that's. But here's the thing: is it it takes me. It takes thirty minutes once every two weeks or so. 
just watching, you know, The Walking Dead or whatever on Sunday nights. Well, it's not like it's and like, you're going. Yeah. They had a Facebook video. You could see me doing. He's the just thing. doing <laughs> it into his face <laughs> yes. with two hands. You're doing the, 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 the clock. You're the doing clock. the shake way. Yeah, the chamois. Yeah. The yeah. chamois. Yeah. The chamois. The chamois. The I get my shoe shined on occasion in our building by Clarence. I, He's a I, good man. Here's the problem. He with, needs the money. Here's the problem with that. I don't like having to interact uh, with people <laughs> on a regular basis. So I, I, I have no interest you know, in. I have I no love, interest. But I do. I, I, I do. This the, the when I first started picking up on this was when I went to uh, when I was doing TV uh, and would have to like go to New York and I would have some time to kill. I would go to that shoe shine stand that's in that's like uh, Penn, yeah, Station. Penn Station. Yeah. And I would just mm-hmm. like I just plop down and be like shine my shoes and they always look very nice. And I want my shoes to look like that. All the time. And you don't want to have to talk to other people. I don't you... ever want to have to talk. To... I don't want to have a relationship with my shoe shine guy. I have too many relationships already. What about the... I don't even want to have relationships with you people. What about... Uh, here I am every week. What about the machine to random people on the street? Old school, very I'm... expensive men's restrooms. JBL, Sometimes you... would have the machine where you know you pull the lever. The buffer and machine. The buffer machine. Hotel, get one hotel of those? floors. Hotel floors that have the spinning. Uh, well, I mean that, that... No, they make them for shoes. For yeah, 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 but that, yeah, that yeah. doesn't like that doesn't reshine the shoes. It doesn't like replenish the oils etc i wouldn't know spit Vic. shine spit shine sunny that's victorino how have spit you been sunny um i've been doing okay you know um uh i do have a, a bit of a sort of a, it's a lenten crisis because of, of uh, oh your gluttony yes because there's two <laughs> your gluttony yes, is back yeah no no because of okay on the one hand gluttony is a sin we understand that it's seven deadly sins right it, it and so i'm I've been cutting back, much like you have, as you mentioned yesterday on the show, uh, about cutting back, back on, on Wednesday. carbs. Back on Wednesday, about cutting back. <laughs> that's right. I Excuse didn't cut me, back. I eliminated things. them. Ba- yes, oh, you eliminated. So I'm trying to reduce because I have an iron will. Yes. So I'm trying to reduce my carbs. At the same time, waste is also a sin, and I'm at the di- <laughs> I'm at the table. And kids are not eating all their food. You're going to finish that bread? You're going to throw the bread in the garbage? You're, you're talking about your kids and not like when we <laughs> go out with interns and there's like a bread basket on the middle of the you're table. Not gonna you're, you're, your... not gonna eat that, you're not going to eat that cracker? <laughs> hey, hey, Graham, Otherwise, you're not going to finish your pizza crust? They'll give it to homeless pizza, people if you don't eat it. They, uh, no, they're not the ones that are partly. Well, yeah. So uh, anyway, I hate to see food being wasted. And so I've been trying. I've been doing both. Not wasting. Oh. And trying to give up gluttony. I bet but that'll work. The good news is I had my annual doctor visit. Mm-hmm. They're still waiting to get the blood test back. Or it's so bad that they're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> but uh, the blood pressure. <laughs> They've sent it off to the CDC <laughs> for <laughs> expert consults. Doctor, you know, my doctor. We don't understand how he's still alive. His blood is 50% fat. <laughs> what is going on? His blood and the other is 40% ragu. is vodka. Yes. No, uh, my doctor once said to me, she goes, oh, you should go to the NIH. They'd have a field day with you. That's what she said. But anyway, the my, my blood pressure, however, was only 116 over 70. If you know your blood pressure, uh, you know how that works. It was a good number. So she let me go. Could you explain to people what a bad number is just in case they, Anything over, like me, haven't okay. gotten like a physical right, in ever. 30 years? Oh, my God. I can explain it. Oh, no, I can't because I didn't get into medical school. Mm, you're not a Sorry, doctor. Sorry, Vic, go right yes. ahead. As the son of a doctor, yes, surely uh, you know the answer. Systolic, diastolic, it's 120 over 80 used to be the standard, and then they ruthlessly lowered it, I think, to 120 over 70 or something like that. 130, I think, is okay if you're on the move. The, you know, if you go to a doctor's office, they'll sometimes will measure it twice because you have what uh, our friend Richard Starr would say, white coat uh, anxiety when you go to, and you get nervous and so your blood pressure goes up. When I... Uh, at my worst, which was when I was younger and before I was on meds, um, at my worst, I think I was 140 over 110, which is like borderline. Is that bad? Yeah, but borderline cardiac arrest or stroke, <laughs> I think. So think about this, 140 to 110. Now I'm at 120 over 70, so things are great, and I celebrated. Do you want to get the high number lower or the low number lower? Both. But The lower, the second number should be low. It should be below 100, like 70, 80, 70 is good. Okay, so I celebrated. Uh, and I went to Jimmy John. <laughs> you laugh. I went to Jimmy John's. That place sucks. It, well, I, it sucks because the portions are so small. And I said, but I'm looking at the because menu. Because their sandwiches are trash. But I'm looking at the menu, and I say, oh, they have, like, there's now a new option, which is, like, their club sandwiches, which is not actually a club sandwich. It's just more meat. And then I almost ordered a club sandwich, and I noticed in the corner another sandwich option called the gargantuan. And the same amount of bread, okay, the same French loaf. 
a lot of meat. Every meat you can imagine thrown in there. So I try to so nonchalantly, I tell the lady, okay, I'll just get no, no chips, no chips, because, you know, I'm oh. on a Lent. <laughs> no it's chips. Lent. Right, right. Lent. No well, chips. Because you don't want to be gluttonous no. during Lent. No. No. And I say, I'll have the gargantuan. And she actually paused. She goes, the, uh, uh, the gargantuan. Okay. And she orders it. And I can tell that it, it just like is probably something that's not often ordered. But uh, you know what? Not so gargantuan. I finished that just fine. Uh, my question to you boys is- Did you get caught in the event horizon? The event horizon. Of the gargantua? <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Oh, I, an interstellar wow, interstellar reference. That's good. That's very good. That's very good. Um, and, and it reminded me, it reminded me of when I used to go to the subway down here on M Street. You know, the, the one that was tucked in next to the mud house. Yeah, it was yeah. like a secret subway. Sure. I used to go there when I was so hungry that it was quantity over quality, because I will concede it's not great, right? But I went there because I need the footlong, because I'm so hungry. Deadlines here at the magazine. You love having a footlong in your mouth. In my mouth. So the lady that works behind there, she's always very friendly. Oh, the footlong, whatever, Italian, I'll get the spicy Italian, whatever. So I'll get Once that. Again, I having relationships <laughs> I with your servers? Right. Big mistake. So she says, oh, I know what you like. You love. I said, yeah, I do. Thank you. And I get the thing. And I remember talking to Continetti about this. And, you know, he would get the half size, right? Matthew Continetti, Matthew the Continetti, editor of editor the Washington Free Beacon. Yes. And uh, uh, part of the uh, Free Beacon podcast panel. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, I know that lady. She's really nice because I'll get my half sandwich. And the lady would say to me, yeah, you don't want the foot long. That's for animals. <laughs> the lady who I thought was my friend apparently thinks that I'm an animal. Well, I mean, fact check. JBL, do you, do you think Vic is an animal? You know, it, I like to think more as like one of those giant Olmec heads <laughs> than an animal, per se. Or, or like an Easter Island statue. Or, or no, a Modoc. I, I want to tell or you, I, I believe, yeah. Vic, that so long as you can drown out the carbs with more calories, yeah, oh, yeah. then everything's fine. Then everything. Is Your fine. body can just absorb it all. It's the Monty Burns theory <laughs> of health. Yes. If you just jam everything in the doorway, yeah. nothing can get through to kill you. See? Brilliant. What do you call it? Do you call it hoagies, heroes, or subs, JVL? Uh, it depends on where you are. You're, They're you're, never you're... heroes unless you're in South Jersey or mm-hmm. or Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you would I call it hoagies in Philly. Hoagies in Philly and subs is more of a Jersey thing i think central just subs, thing. Just subs. you just, just sub sandwiches well you know what this gargantuan was like a was like a hero was like a superhero speaking of superheroes over the Whoa! weekend <laughs> god i missed back. it we're back god, ladies and gentlemen how many other things do how many other transitions for black Panther? i'm gonna say black the, there's gonna be like five more black panther transitions no you no? should this will this, this will probably this be the so? last okay. one all right we'll see i don't know tomb raider might it's going to be close. I've seen enough of the trailer. I feel like I've seen the movie. I think Black Panther and Tomb Raider are both going to gross about $30 million this weekend. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, so over the weekend, Black Panther continued to dominate the box office with $41 million, followed by A Wrinkle in Time with $33 million, and Strangers Pray at Night, which is not worship at night. It's like pray. You're like, you're like right. yeah, okay. Like pray upon. Pray upon at $10.4 million. All the way down in seventh place was Death Wish, which has been out for two weeks. So um, it did 6.6 over the weekend for a total of 24 million. JVL, did you see Death Wish? No. Sonny. I did. Yes. Did anybody else in the room watch Death Wish? I saw Death Wish, and I think somebody else did. (sighs) Come on in. All right, uh, uh, Vic. You remember you got to stand over there. Right. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks. All right, come on, Gene. <clears throat> Death Wish stars Bruce Willis, a doctor who's moonlighting as a diehard vigilante. He used to be a law-abiding citizen. I guess you could call him the last Boy Scout. <laughs> but his wife gets killed and his daughter is left in a coma, so he goes after the killers. Or at least the ones in striking distance. But those killers show a lot of nerve. Sciatic nerve. There's also a great performance by Elizabeth Shue as the wife. And just like in Leaving Las Vegas, she gets an unexpected backdoor intruder. (laughs) No. I give Death Wish four stars. And something tells me there'll be a sequel. Call it my sixth sense. 
Bye bye. Gene. Gene. Oh, goodness, oh. goodness. The uh, worst thing about the, coming back to the show is having to follow this now with like a real review. Gina is really planning on taking a vacation uh, soon. Uh, so, how about the big boy review, Sonny? We have Johnny Ivy to come in when Gina is <laughs> I love done. Johnny Ivy. Well, we're talking about Death Wish because everybody seemed to want us to talk about Death Wish instead of things that are out more recently, like A Wrinkle in Time, which is the greatest film ever made, right, JBL? <laughs> is it? Is it? I, I don't. I know no, nothing. No, I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, You're uh, setting me up for something there. And yeah, I, so no, that's okay. I, it's okay. Uh, you'll you'll figure it out. Um, the uh, so Death Wish. Death Wish is a remake of the 1974, I think. Yes. Classic mm-hmm. uh, from Charles Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. It is about a doctor played by Bruce Willis, whose wife and daughter are shot by intruders. Uh, and he then takes his revenge on society writ large, but mostly it's it is a kind of more traditional revenge movie in the mold of a Taken or uh, um, uh, John Wick, in which he is trying to track down the killers who have uh, have ruined his life. And that is different from the original movie. I just want to talk about the original movie a little bit because it's, it's, it's a I want to talk about it a lot. Are we going to talk about it? Oh, are lot. we going to talk about it later? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I, uh, well, we can save that for for later. Mm-hmm. The 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 only thing I want to say is that it is different in that the original movie is very much a film about retribution, as opposed to revenge. It's a movie about like a guy whose life is ruined, so he takes it out on the dregs of society. He doesn't try to track down the guys who kill his wife and, and rape his daughter. He just he just goes out there and like waits to get mugged and shoots mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. and it's kind of awesome. We'll talk about it more later. Um, this movie is very much more a straightforward revenge film. You get a little bit of that where he is taking, where Bruce Willis's character is taking his his revenge on people. Uh, it is a super pro Second Amendment film, which I loved. There's a very, great scene, as a friend of mine on Twitter said, there's a great scene where uh, Bruce Willis goes out uh, to bury his wife with his father-in-law, Dick Cheney, <laughs> who... Shows up who who they they're when they're driving home they see some poachers and they chase them off with a repeating rifle and then they shotgun Bambi in the face because Bambi needs to be put out of her misery. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's yeah, just you know that's yeah, what no, mercy you, killing. Uh, so, uh, but but it is it, it's again it's kind of a straightforward revenge film. It's great. I loved it. It is filled with one liners and you know kind of straightforward action stuff. I saw it. I happened to see it in a uh, Georgetown theater. It was just me. And uh, my two bosses, Aaron Harrison and Michael Goldfarb. <laughs> Did they like it? <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> this really? Is, this they is loved so, it. So, so this surprised. is their Citizen this Kane. Is, this is their. This is their jam. <laughs> and it was. It was. It was like watching the movie in our living room with like. Uh, with just with a giant TV and great sound system because we were kind of cracking wise and you know it was it's like the way every movie theater experience should be. It was I awesome. imagine that movie did not play very well in Georgetown. Oh well, there's a reason there were just the three of us <laughs> in that theater. Uh, I believe that may have yeah. dragged the per theater yeah. gross down a little bit. Uh, probably. Well, our our thirty six dollars or whatever <laughs> yes. at the you know Monday yeah, Monday one p.m. Matinee. screening. Matinee. So, uh, but I loved it. I loved it. It's silly. It's an Eli Roth movie, so it, it is it is a little oh. bit more kind of horror oriented. You do have some grotesquery oh to it. Oh my gosh. There's a torture scene where Bruce Willis exposes the sciatic nerve. This is this is why Gene oh, had that mentioned the, the sciatic sciatic nerve oh, is because okay. there's there is a torture scene and that was but straight also, out of hostel. There's some great kills. It's I just loved it. I loved it. It's it's right. grotesque in right. its simplicity. I I love every second of it. And uh, I give this movie one million stars. Thank you, Sonny. That was wow. great. I was going to say, you know, Dr. Kersey, that's his name, right? I mean, he goes after- Dr. Kersey. He yeah. goes after these uh, killers. I guess you could say he really goes to the mattresses with them. Speaking of mattresses, JVL. Casper! I always want to say that like like uh, like Jason Bateman does in Dodgeball. Cotton! <laughs> God, I love the Jason Bateman character in Dodgeball is one of my favorite micro characters. Yeah, the Ocho, the history. Ocho commentator. The Ocho. You're and the commentator. Half See how that works he, out for him, Cotton. Half of what he does in that movie, half is funny, comes from his hair. Because every time you, he's shot, his hair is like in some <laughs> other freakish oh, way. Yeah, 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 or he's like bent up into a yoga pose with Gary Cole. It's He's amazing. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you 
Get your best rest one night at a time. The experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Its breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. Casper now offers two other mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body. The Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. All Casper products are designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. Prices are affordable because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. Every Casper mattress is delivered right to your door in a small how-do-they-do-that-sized box. Plus, there's free shipping and hassle-free returns in the U.S. and Canada. Plus, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Here is a special offer to listeners of the Substandard. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com substandard and using the promo code substandard at checkout. That's casper.com slash substandard and use promo code substandard for $50 off select mattresses. Terms and conditions may apply. Thank you, JVL. How that is a read? That's nothing to sleep on. Very was good that, read. Was that an okay that read? Was very good. Was that very was good. great. It was, in fact, flawless. It was flawless. So, one done, one more to go. Okay, uh, JVL, you said you had, so you didn't see this, but uh, you had Death Wish thoughts or Vigilante movie thoughts. Go for it. I, I have Death Wish thoughts, and I wanted us all, because we've all seen the original. Long, I've seen the original, but that's the only ago. one. Yeah. Right. I didn't see two, three, or four. Or five. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I wanted to talk about the original, and I actually had some, at the risk of having like a deep conversation about Ooh. it. But I thought that we could about this have podcast? a deep conversation. Um, do you, I mean, do you want to do that? Or yeah, is that sure. a bad we'll idea? See what, well, we'll, see, we'll see yeah. where we go. So I, the original Death Wish, people may or may not know, is based on a novel by Brian Garfield. The actual movie, if you have not revisited it in the last, say, 30 years, feels a lot like Brock Landers. It was shot on location <laughs> in New York City in 1972. Uh, this is one of those movies that is it burned into the public consciousness because even if you haven't seen Death Wish, even if you're 30 years old and it's too young for you, you know about it because it captured a moment in America in ways that movies don't really do anymore. I mean, right. I can't think of a movie... I mean, Black Panther is making a bazillion, bazillion dollars. It does not capture a moment in America. It is not pointing to a thing. And Death Wish did. And what it captured was the, well, the dark rot... <laughs> Well, no, I guess that's right. I guess that's right. Um, but it wasn't popular in the way that Death Wish was. I mean, Death Wish made an enormous amount of money. Uh, and it captured the 70s. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is one of those movies. And was severely criticized. Right? Emblematic. So I, I would like to talk briefly about the 1970s for our younger Ooh, listeners before yeah. we then talk about Death Wish, if this is okay. Is this pulled from David Frum's book on the 1970s? I was going to say, <laughs> uh, anybody who is listening to the show who is curious about the 1970s should go to Amazon and buy David Frum's book, How We Got Here, the 1970s. Yes. It should have been called the 1970s. Not I would have called it here. that 70s book. Uh, I like David from a great deal. I think he writes great stuff all the time, and I think this is the best thing he's ever done by a mile and a half. I think he has gotten into a weird rut on the Donald Trump stuff, but I also think that this is one of the best things that anyone has ever written about yeah. America. It's, in, it's in, an in am a, in a, amazing book. In a like section of time. His so, book on the 1970s is perfect. If you are millennial, you don't quite understand how bad the 1970s were. Uh, airplane hijackings became a thing in the 1970s. In the 1970s, we had the Olympics Munich massacre, where armed terrorists took over the Olympics and just killed a bunch of people from the Israeli delegation. Uh, in, in March of 1970... I'm sorry, March of 1977, Muslim radicals with machine guns and machetes marched into the Benai B'rith headquarters in Washington, D.C., five blocks north of the White House. 
They took a hundred of the people who worked there hostage. They herded them onto the roof. One of them was killed. Two others were shot over the course of a standoff that lasted two days. This is an armed standoff with Muslim terrorists five blocks from the White House. This is a thing that happened. Can you imagine if that happened today? It would be the biggest story of the year. And this is just a thing that nobody even remembers because it's like, hey, it's just one of those crazy things that happened in the 1970s. Interesting side note to this. It was part of a coordinated attack. A separate attack was launched at the City Hall in Washington, D.C., where a young man was shot. Marion Barry. Wow. How the, funny is that? That's, that's the... That's the uh, yeah, so young yeah. Marion Barry is shot in the yeah. standoff at City Hall. Uh, so you have those sorts of things. You have the riots during the, the cities in the summer of rage and violent crime. So this And this is now we really get to what Death Wish caught. Uh, people may not understand that in the 1950s uh, and even the early 1960s, violent crime was almost non-existent in the United States. It simply did not happen. And by 1973, it had become so rampant that the Department of Justice had to create a new accounting system just to keep track of it all. Uh, you know, David Frum says uh, in 1973, the FBI found that 37 million Americans, which is one out of every four households, had suffered a rape, robbery, assault, burglary, larceny, or auto theft. Like it was, it was Mad Max. Uh, in cities, the victimization rate was one in three. Uh, in 1960, there are 9,000 murders total in America. By 1975, the number is 20,000. So more than doubling the murders. Uh, I mean, this is amazing. And the most evocative statistic, I think, actually probably concerns school children. In 1979, one out of every public school teachers reported that they had been assaulted. I'm sorry, what was that number? In 1979, one out of every 20 public school teachers reported that they had been physically assaulted by a student in the previous year. Everything was just falling apart. And this violence that that Death Wish tapped into and the fear that people had of becoming violent, it isn't like, you know, hey, this is something that maybe happens to people and I see it on the news. Everybody knew somebody who had been robbed or yeah. carjacked or yeah. raped or had been beat. I mean, it was it was everywhere. And this is where that vigilantism stuff comes from. So that that is, I would say, I just want to set that scene for mm-hmm. while we talk about what Death yeah. Wish did in the culture. Yeah, right? yeah, right. Tapping into that panic and the sense of helplessness. Total panic, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and a reaction and is, to it. This is why I've always been vaguely amused by the reaction to the reaction that was Death Wish. By the critics who are like, oh my God, this is fascism. This is the Vincent you know, Canby. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the Vincent Canby review is like the emblematic one. Mm-hmm. We, Vincent Canby was a longtime reviewer for the New York Times who called it, you know, awful and terrible and whatever. Bigoted. Offensive. Was, was, was offensive. Bigoted yeah. and offensive. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, it, 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 it's fascinating to go back and watch Death Wish now because there, there are a couple of very interesting aspects. JBL, did you wa- rewatch it? Yes. So, there, there are a couple of very fascinating things to it. The first is that it is far more the 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 home invasion sequence is far more grotesque in the original Death Wish than it it's is disturbing. in this new one. It is there. I mean, it's a rape. The daughter is raped. And very graphic. Very graphic. And the the wife is beaten like not shot. You in the in the new version, the wife and the daughter are shot off screen. Off you screen. see you hear gun it. flashes and you yeah. hear it. But in the in the in in the original, the wife is beaten with a blackjack. Mm-hmm. You see the cuts mm-hmm. on her head, and mm-hmm. she's kind of staggering around, trying to trying to get back to 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 to, 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 to normal. And the daughter is raped, and she becomes catatonic the rest of the film. And it's it's like really actually pretty horrifying. And that comes like five minutes into the movie. That is like in the that is in the the opening mm-hmm. moments. Um, and it 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 kind of gets at the much more personal way that violence affected people in the 1970s i think than than we have now i mean like a movie about a death wish movie set now is kind of odd because frankly we are safer than we have ever been this is the stephen pinker thesis that we are things are getting better things are always better we see these we see we see crime on the tv but these are aberrations these are not the norm and when you when you uh, live with it and you experience it more viscerally as you did in the 1970s, it is slightly different from 2018. Mm-hmm. It is slightly different from uh, 
you know, what Dr. Kersey goes mm-hmm. through in this movie as opposed to Mr. Kersey in the in the original. And I, like, I, I think that the movies reflect this. The movies reflect this. There's a reason that Charles Bronson just goes on a rampage against society writ large. He just wanders the streets waiting to be yeah. mugged yeah. and shoots the people who try to accost him. As opposed to this movie where he is very much more trying to track down the guys who do it or trying to stop the so there's a there's a very good scene, spoilers, you know, oh, there's a very there's a very good scene in this movie where he uh the the uh what's he called? What the guy in the, what, the ice cream man? The ice cream man yeah. uh the drug is, dealer is, is shot by yeah. by Doctor Curse mm-hmm. and like yeah. there's it's it is a very different world that we live in right now. And it wouldn't have worked. I would and say it, pulling the no. same 1970s and putting him in a situation where he was wandering around waiting to be mugged, mm-hmm. that is not believable. Even in like the worst no. parts, you know, go to Harlem, go to go no. to bad, you know, in the Bronx, you're, you're not this is not right. going to be a thing that happens. It's really it very interesting, and it's not fascist. This is why I mean, you could criticize right, the movie right. for all so, sorts of reasons because the other half of the first one, I don't, I have not seen the second one, is the incompetence and malice of the police yes. and the institution. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So we, I mean, it is society is falling That's apart right. both from the mm-hmm. top and from the bottom. Right. And this is not fascist at all, right? No, no. So this is why, again, the criticisms of it originally were so lazy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, so this is, there's there's a, a very interesting book by Chris Sorrentino, I believe, uh, that's basically just a 90-page uh, a, a review of the original Death Wish and kind of the reaction to it and, and all that. And I recommend people go out and check it out. It's like 10 bucks on Amazon. It's great. But what is very fascinating is that... Uh, this is not it's not a fascist movie it's almost an anarchic movie yes like it is it is a movie about the ways in which government fails to protect people and works to protect itself at the expense of people uh and that's the second half of the film the first half of the film you know i again i i am i'm so annoyed by the description of this movie as fascist because it is actually a deep celebration of our rights as american (laughs) citizens yes I mean, like it is. Right. It is in 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 the original movie, in the original Death Wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Bronson goes out to Arizona, and he is he is instructed by a man who's named Ames, literally named Ames, uh, about the about the 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 greatness of the Second Amendment and the ability to defend yourself against the the crime mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. you know the from random muggers. And uh, in in the film, the cops engineer an illegal search on apartment 4a i noted this yep. on twitter yep. and i love i love this i love it's such a little touch that's good and it's and you know who knows if it was intentional 100 percent. but it must have been 100%. right because like a, the the cops doing an illegal search on apartment 4a trying to track down uh uh you know their their criminal in the in the form of mr kersey and uh and there's a there's a strong first amendment case to be made here as well like the 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 news organizations go out there they report on this and it gives the people an example to live by they don't have to be afraid that's right they don't have to cower in fear they don't have to accept the violence that is inflicted upon them uh and they they you know they they react. the 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 men on the construction site beat the criminal. the The woman who is mugged, or the woman who sees mm. her friend being mugged, mm-hmm. pulls out her hat pin and goes right. after the Every, guy. Everybody is like, yeah. Rising everybody up. is rising. I'm up not going to take this crime. anymore. We're not. We we do not need to accept this level of crime. We can fight back. And the only reason we can fight back, the main reason we can fight back, Second Amendment. So Thank I. You, Sonny. Do you have something, Vic? Because I, I, I want to keep plumbing this, yeah, sure. actually. Uh, I was going to okay. say what was interesting was uh, I actually saw uh, the movie uh, Death Wish with my father. My parents You were, were... four. Wait, no, no. You were no, four. The new, no, the no. new Death Wish. <laughs> the, the new Death Wish with Bruce Willis. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I, I it just one. made sense. I was one... And uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum, by the way, great turn by Jeff Goldblum in that movie. I, I'm, I'm here to, to rape you. I, 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 oh, that's your Jeff Goldblum? Okay, no. Your, your doctors were so concerned about whether they could rape someone, they never thought about they whether they should. should. Okay, thank you. Lovely. Uh, no, so uh, my parents were visiting over the weekend, and I said, I'll see it on Sunday morning. I said to my dad, I go, you, you want to go see Death Wish and... And my dad says, hey, that's supposed to be good. And so he had seen the original. Because, you know, the original was Charles Bronson. I said, yeah, with Charles Bronson. Okay, let's go see it. So we, the two of us go see the movie. And um, and there's a scene where, you know, he's in the hospital and removing a bullet hole or something from some patient. And I turned to my dad and I said, oh, you probably had to do that a few times. He goes, 
a lot. And so I asked him about it later uh, to refresh my memory. And my father was uh, a, uh, a doctor, a resident and then chief resident at Columbus Hospital, which no longer exists, in lower Manhattan uh, between 1968 and 1973, which is really wow. where, the, and he spent a lot of time in the emergency rooms. And and I said, so how bad was it? And he goes, well, you know, the hospital was near Chinatown. It's a lot of stabbings, a lot of gunshots. And the, so it just, it was just normal though. And he, the worst he said was a guy who came in with an ice pick to his heart and his, uh, but he managed to save the guy because it was still sticking in him. So it was holding everything together. Exactly. Don't pull it out. That's exactly right. Don't and pull so it they out. reached in and then I think my dad had to use his hand eventually to get his finger and, you know, while they're doing all this sorts of stuff, the guy managed uh, to live. And his advice, of course, is if you ever get stabbed at anything, don't take it out because yep. it's a plug. It serves as a plug. Um, and he was probably in his early 30s uh, when he was doing yeah, that's this. That's cool. What were you doing when you were in your early 30s? You know, I was finding italicized commas, oh, but oof. I don't think my dad can do the it. The bolded periods. Ooh. Oh, well, you know, God. that's really and a you miss one, thing. And you it's miss a... one of those, oh. the consequences are oh enormous. Gosh. No, I didn't want to say, you know what? I, my dad probably doesn't know what a gerund is. And you know what? It's kind of sad, but you know. Mm. Anyway, so it, it is put, it's interesting to put into perspective again to get about how bad things were. So, JBL. So, Sonny, you, you said, and I think you were only being facetious. Who knows if they were doing it intentionally with Apartment 4A? Everything about that movie is intentional. So it, so it is a schlockish movie if you watch it now. It does not, it feels of the era. It doesn't feel like it did now. Although it was shot on location in New York. So it, I mean, there's a reason it looks yeah. grimy like that. Uh, same, by the way, same with French Connection also. Very grimy, gritty, because it's at that time. So the, the original Death Wish is talking to Westerns throughout. Uh, constantly referencing westerns. Um, Kirsty gets his inspiration from a fight scene uh, in the Wild West. He has a showdown. We challenge. He says, "You know, fill your hand," which is what John Wayne says in yep. True Grit. Uh, and this, now, this I may be giving them a little bit too much credit, but I, whether they meant it or not, I think this is real. I think you could say that. In Death Wish and many of those vigilante movies of the period, the, the underlying theme is that civilization cannot be maintained by laws themselves, that it takes more than that. And if the government is non-present or incompetent, then in order for civilization to survive, normal men y must use violence. Well, law doesn't exist. Law is a concept. It's not a, a concept, it, not it a does, fact. It's not a, it's right. not a thing. And I, if you go down another level on this... What the Western and the vigilante movie of the 70s were saying uh, is that natural law is insufficient and the basic fact of government must be the monopoly on legitimate use of violence in order to enforce the law. But no, here's... But I think that's wrong. No, you, you disagree? Well, I, if the monopoly on legitimate use of force is the standard... No, but it has, to be, it has to be enforced. It has to be used. So the government it, has to be actively using force right, to okay, enforce the okay. laws. Otherwise, everything breaks down. Okay. But what I would suggest about this is that this might be a distinctly American view. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that if you go over to England, anybody has the same view or that the same facts are even true. Like England doesn't rely on a gun, and and I think the difference in all of this is guns. Guns, yeah. right? Well, I mean, the different, like the real, uh, not just a a theoretical difference, but the actual difference right. is the presence of guns. We in the had culture. a discussion about this many many years ago when I was a very young staffer at the Weekly Standard mm. about the bank job. Do you remember? Yeah, remember the bank job? Yep. The bank job is only an interesting movie insofar as nobody has access to guns. Hundred percent. And I do think that that changes the calculus quite a bit. I mean, look, if if we could magic all guns out of existence mm -hmm. today, okay, America would be sure. probably a safer and you know careful, better, not better Edging place. Closer but to politics, there would be a lot of stabbing sprees. But you would, you would, you would, you would, you would. But like, there's there's there is an argument to be made for magicking all the guns away from everyone. Mm -hmm. We don't live in that world; doesn't exist, mm -hmm. can't exist. 
So we have a different world. We have a world in which guns are everywhere. And if guns are everywhere, good people have to have guns. So that, And that's what I'm getting at. The question is, would someone from Great Britain agree that civilization can't function unless the government is frequently exercising violence on behalf of the citizenry? I think they would not. And it isn't that the English are averse to violence. If you look at the way they manage their colonial possessions, especially like you know in Afghanistan. But look at how they rejected that. Over the last they they rejected years. it invented, but I'm saying that as as a class, the English have historically been perfectly okay with the application of violence. But at home, they did not believe that that was essential to to English civilization. Mm-hmm. English civilization could survive without a metropolitan police force in London, like going around and taking care of all the bad guys. And in fact, it did for for like a hundred years, Until. essentially. You know, so this is. I guess what I'm getting at, I'm not trying to place a value judgment, but just to say that actually what's going on at the philosophical level in the Death Wish movies and throughout the 70s is a distinctly American argument and a distinctly American case. And I found that interesting. I think that's true-ish, but I also think that there is a basic truth that you should be able to defend yourself. And if you do not take the impetus to defend yourself, there is some level of blame that will be laid upon you. But that's an American idea. I don't think don't that's. Think? I don't think that's an American idea. Do I people think that, in France view the world that way? I don't know if people in France view that the world that way, but I know people in tribal societies in Afghanistan. And yeah, Germany, no, but that's elsewhere do. Well, I yes. like. I think that there is a there's there's an idea in the continent uh, and England that has kind of accepted this idea that we are beyond the uh, the need to protect ourselves, and that's bullshit. I mean, that just doesn't that doesn't that doesn't work. So. You know, in a similar vein, a movie that I saw recently for the first time, Hell or High Water. Great movie. It is a really, really great movie. And one of the interesting things is, of course, is how there's a bit of a deterrence to holding up banks because of the fear that other people have weapons. You know, and in fact, I think Ben Foster makes a complaint in the movie about how much he hates concealed carry because, you know, of course, they all carry guns. And then in that last scene, well, you know, you're, the, when you're in Texas, yeah, too. exactly. Like well, that's a, yeah. it's a very Texas thing. And then that last bank job that goes bad, yeah. of course, they're all they chase them out with guns. Yeah, they yeah. all have guns, you know. So um, I thought that was very interesting. You know what I thought was going to be? Uh, I've all I always used to hold out hope that the Punisher would be a great vigilante movie because that was my favorite villain. Well, the Netflix show is pretty good. Villain. This is with... Your favorite uh, villain? Villain. villain. John Bernthal. Anti-hero. Yeah, John Bernthal. Bernthal. Um, I believe you own the Punisher's first appearance. I do. I have that. It's encased and it didn't get a great grade. You got jobbed on that grade. We had to resubmit it. Thank you. We're talking about a comic, the the comic book. What was your CGC grade on? I don't remember. It was 2.5 Amazing Spider-Man number 157. Something like that, Sonny. Jeez. Did I get it? I, I, I think have to it is. That. I think it is. It's the picture of the Punisher, and he's got you know Spider-Man in the cross, and Spider-Man yeah, yeah. is falling oh, down. I know. I know. I'm very familiar. Do you own that, too? No. I own that, and I bought it sometime in I'm the 1980s. Student. I'm just a student of the form, <laughs> Vic. I got that in sometime in the 1980s. Keep talking while I look at this. And uh, You're anyway, wrong. I always oh, saw is it 158. I don't know what it is. Yeah, impressive. Just keep talking. Do a Google image; it'll come up. The um, uh, but I always thought, oh man, this will be a great movie. And what was the first? Do you remember the first Punisher movie starred? Oh, Dolph Lundgren. 129. Oh, oh, 129. I was off by two years. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, Dolph Lundgren. That was Boo. that was a disappointment. Boo, Sonny. Yeah. And then, um, and then there was a Thomas Jane Punisher. Well, the Thomas Jane Punisher is like underrated, that? but is that I right? we should discuss this some okay, other time. time. And uh, you said you like John Bernthal. Another Punisher after the Tom Jane. Punisher. Yes, it was Punisher something something. Punisher. Punisher Colin. War Journal, directed by Lexi Alexander, who's Ooh. a terrible, terrible Boy. woman. You uh, are who, good. Uh, who uh, terrible it woman? Was t- terrible. Woman director. Woman director. I, I mean, she's a horrible. Person. Well, she's a person on Twitter. She's a person on Twitter who was terrible, uh, and I oh, hate her. Okay, but uh, but the uh, but no, uh, <laughs> ah, it was that's a dr- whole other issue. Starring the guy from Rome, Ray Stevenson. Oh, yes. really? Okay, good for you. Yes, uh, I'll give you kudos. Sonny has his hands in the air, wanting the kudos. I'll give you kudos. I'll give you. I get them all mixed up. I guess I have to brush up on my punishers. Speaking of brushing up, <laughs> GDL, <laughs> I'm back. Quip. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric brushes. And guiding pulses alert you 
when to switch sides. Making brushing the right amount of effortless. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel everywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or carry-on, the gym bag being my preferable way of carrying around my Quip. That's actually what I, it's my favorite travel toothbrush ever. Uh, because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering a new brush head every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide, which, by the way, my new Quip brush head is on its way. I got an Ooh. email letting me know. And 5 bucks for a brush head is is really cheap. Um, even if you get like the expensive, fancy electric brushes, you're going to pay a lot more than that for, for brush head replacements. Uh, Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did find out for yourself why. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash substandard right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash substandard, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash substandard. You are en fuego, JVL. Dare I say. You are ad-reading en fuego. Um, you made an exp- you explained to me why is it important to change the, the bristles? What happens after three months or so? Oh, you would you really want to? Yeah. We can go into this. Yeah, so the no, problem well, is the we bristles, only have an hour left, so please. The the bristles get uh, get sharpened. So you know, isn't that a, good to get all the dirt? No, out it's the bad because it'll 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 peel the enamel right off your oh. teeth. This is why you you are hurting yourself and and also cut off your gum, cut up your gums too. I mean, people mm-hmm. don't understand that mm-hmm. that the. the the truth is your teeth are important, but the bigger part of what's going on is protecting gums. your gums. gums. And yeah, this is the whole universe of uh, mm-hmm. periodonture. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very important to change your brush heads every three months. And I people who cheap out, and I'm one of them. This is, you know, I always think, oh, it's not so bad. I can right. do another can month on it. Don't, no? don't okay. do it. This is why Quip is so great. Okay. And everybody should use Quip. Getquip.com slash substandard. That's getquip.com slash substandard. That was a freebie there. Uh, moving right along. Spirit of, we got a good spirit of the week here. Wait, before we go to spirit, oh, yes. can I, can I just please, drop one more please, one more little thing? Please, please. Ooh, more death, nuggets? Death Wish is one of those, and this happens all the time, a, a perfect example of the contingency of events in Hollywood. So do you know that, <laughs> maybe you know this, especially if you read the, the book on it, uh, it was originally supposed to have been directed by Sidney Lumet? No, I didn't know that. No. Starring? Lumet? Yes. Starring? Jack Lemmon. Oh. And when Lumet left, he went and did Serpico instead. After that, Lemon dropped out. Uh, they then offered the lead to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> he said no. Then Steve McQueen. He said no. Then Frank Sinatra. Ooh. He said no. They finally give the job to Michael Winner who is just a director for hire. Uh, and because he had just wrapped a movie that he shot with Bronson and he really liked Bronson and they got along well. He was just, that the mechanic? Maybe. Uh, I, I think it was, so. yeah, yeah. And so he brings Bronson along with him and that is why Charles Bronson becomes this giant cultural icon. Well, Bronson had wanted, so this is in the book, Bronson had wanted to do it in L.A. Yes, and he wanted because to, his like, family he wanted, was out there. He wanted to this shoot big, in L.A. Yep. and like do like a couple days of exteriors in so New York. Convenient. And, like, but but they, they stuck to it. They were like, we got to do this in New York. They were right to do it. And they were right to do it. It is, it, it is a movie tell. about is, New York. New York is, is the Ur city. The right. New dirty. York movie. It was yeah. dirty. It's uh it's crazy and very funny. And Bronson is I mean people think of people who don't I would say younger people may think of him solely as oh he's the guy who was the old guy vigilante. He is the, he is a punchline on Simpsons. But Charles he has from yeah. references been around you know, like movies no, for yeah. like fifty years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was he's in Hitchcock movies. He yeah, was yeah, in a bunch yeah, of yeah. Alfred Hitchcock yeah. presents episodes. He was in the Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. and Dirty Dozen and Rawhide right. and Hitchcock presents. And and he played the Union guy Yablonski, the true story of the the Union guy who was killed by Union thugs. It's yeah, a, yeah it's, it's, he is a guy whose was career could not game? happen now. I don't think. I don't think he was. I, I can't remember. Uh, uh, but I mean, a guy who looks like him with no, his laconic. No. But uh, Char- they don't make more no. Charles Bronsons no. in Hollywood. No, no, they're all pretty boys. Spirit of the week: Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Johnny Walker Black Sunday. Why are we drinking this? Because you got it from uh, oh, the folks oh, at Diageo, right? Courtesy of Diageo, but also what? why this? Why this episode? We're celebrating what? 
I have no idea. What Roger are you talking about? Roger Deacons. Oh, Roger Runner. Deacons. Roger Deacons winning. Remember, that's right. That's several right. I forgot. Months ago. Well, I, whenever the last time we did this show was. Many uh, moons yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, no, that's right. Roger Deacons won the Oscar for Best Cinematography. Did you? And we are very excited for him. He deserved this. He deserved this 10 years ago, probably. For, what what uh, is the other stuff that he did that you like? No Country for Old Men. I mean, he deserved it for No Country for Old, for Old Men. That's a, that's a movie that is magnificently shot in a subtle way, as opposed to... Uh, the, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which is shot in a showy way, mm-hmm. and I, I, I like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too worried yeah. he didn't win it for that. But he lost out. Roger Deakins lost out to Phil Collins, by the way. That's what we lost. That's <laughs> an old joke. That's a JVL joke. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, no, but we're Deakins, we're very good. excited. This yeah. is a very very fine bourbon. If you or scotch, mm-hmm. if you can find it, it's a. Uh, I wanted to have it, but it has carbs in it. Yeah, no carbs, no carbs for <laughs> you. I said no, oh thank my you. Gosh, I hope I hope like. Um, I've been no shuffle I've been having. I, so I, I'm, I, I have no pasta, no bagels, but French fries. I can have some French fries. Oh right? yeah, no, there are no carbs in those. You know why? Because when you fry them, the carbs fall they go out. Away. The carbs are destroyed <laughs> go, by the fry evaporate. oil. They evaporate. They evaporate. They can't, yeah. Carbs on contact with heat become right. denatured, and sure. everything just breaks up. I'm all about denatured, Sonny. Yes. So anyway, spirit of the week. <laughs> great. It's a great spirit. Okay. Uh, it's a great spirit. If Diageo, who is advertised, it's it's very so. There is a story about all the advertisements in uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. They they kept all the old ones like Atari yeah. and Pan Am That's and right. like, oh, but yeah. they also added some new ones like oh, Diageo, big product who placement. gets a lot of gets a lot of love in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. If they wanted to send us a couple more bottles of this, oh. I would That's it. not be opposed. Hint, 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 and beef jerky from Dukes. Dukes, okay, Dukes. Um, we don't want we want their shorty sausages though, not the. They also do beef jerky. I have not sampled it. I'm sure it's great, but I love the peach. Well, I just peach had barbecue. The beef, isn't that the beach beef jerky I just yeah, had. The, the peach barbecue. Oh, yeah, no, no, this is the hickory peach barbecue oh, smoked delicious. shorty I was sausages. Surprised how good it They're was. They're And the plastic bag is the. Uh, this is the jerky from uh, Nick's. Oh. Which is the butcher. Oh, I uh, didn't realize that. This it's... is Nick's, which is the butcher that that my boss likes to go oh, to. Wow. Okay, so that was very local. Um, I wanted to say this listener, Peter Daniel, suggested on Twitter the weekly substandard should make NyQuil a spirit of the week. Uh, question, as far as drinkable cold and allergy medicines, is NyQuil top? Sunny Bunch. What do you like? I don't I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. Robitussin. Ooh. Dimatap grape. That's what I'll say, no, JBL. Robitussin's the best. Do you no, remember Dimatap the RISD? Dimatap is not a... <laughs> Dimatap, that's for children who have a cough. You... Do you, do you remember our friend and yes. former colleague? Yes. Uh, we had a, I won't name her name, but she was a very artsy type who went to school yeah, in Rhode yeah, Island. Of course, of course. Yes, and yes. would occasionally attend the RISD parties, which mm. I believe are like the craziest college parties in America. And what do they do there? Um, and one of the crazy things they used to do, I don't know if this is still done, is have robo-pound parties where everybody would bring two things of Robitussin and chug two bottles of Robitussin well, to get were like, robo tripping. Interesting. That's awesome. That's a thing. As, 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 is that a thing? That's still the kids I mean, still I, do that. I don't. They did it when I was in college wow. fifteen years ago. Um, if you get a chance, go to YouTube or find Chris Rock has a great riff on Robitussin. Get that Tussin in there. Oh, I remember. Get that, that Tussin yeah. in there. Okay, that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliment us. To uh, tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunday Bunch. At JB Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Just type in substandard on our podcasts. We are there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Until next time. It's kind of good that we did a, a week off. I feel like I have more energy and I like actually enjoy being here. And uh, I, I thought it went maybe, maybe we should go to that kind of a schedule every other week. Oh yeah, let's put it up to a vote. Maybe we should we should put a we should put it up to a vote. JBL, you can you can put a Twitter poll up there. Oh, I thought you meant a vote of the three of us. <laughs> no, oh no no, we should put it up to a vote for the people. Fox Populi. We yeah, give it that's to, what give we them believe. Three options. We three give options. the substandard to you. We give yeah. the substandard to the you. The people. The people. Do with it as you will. <laughs> uh, and see what they think. Monthly. But first, begin by liberating <laughs> the remnant. So do we have quarterly, monthly, or weekly? Uh, and they can decide. I, uh, a quarterly would be interesting. 
Yeah, I know. If we want to have 12 people listening to it, that's a great idea. Um, I had an outtake question. Go for it. Um, but this is a, this is a similar, like a sort of poll question. Yeah. Now I'm worried that maybe I should have prepped you for it instead of... So we'll I, try our best. I, do either of you have a song, something buried in your iPod or your iPhone somewhere, mm-hmm. that when it comes on basically makes you want to drive about 115 miles an hour? Like, is there a singles, like, you know, so you're out, you're, dri- you're driving to New Jersey, mm-hmm. and the roads are clear, there's nobody around, mm-hmm. and this comes on, and nobody, nobody in you with the car, mm-hmm. no, no mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. you're just by yourself, mm-hmm. and this comes on, and without even realizing it, suddenly do, you're doing 85. Do you have a song like that in, so your, in your lives? N- no, but I could imagine songs like that. Okay, well, never I mind. Can, I can just, I just, yeah. my working th- victory there, into you. There are, I, I like, dr- there are great driving songs that I like that have a, sort of a constant beat, you know? Um, like Radar Love, right, guys? Are we, I don't even this know is the 1980s is. anymore? Uh, Golden Earring, uh, Radar Love. Wow. I know, I know Radar Love. Wow. I know what you're talking okay. about. That's a overused piece of cinematic. Uh, no, music in the bushes. Cue. That would be the. That would be the fifty nine fifty seven. Okay, uh, JVL, wait, you had. Nope, that's the name of the song. We don't have to beep that, right? It's just a. <laughs> it's just the name of the. That's what Oasis you know what? They slap it. an E on us anyway. Makes no difference. That's what. That's what. They, that's what. I, yeah. What's up with that? By the way, can we get that no matter, taken even off? Even when we're, we want it, even I think when it hurts us. Even when we're angels, we should they still get the E. We should. We should take this up with uh, iTunes High Command. Mm-hmm. We spend half of our shows talking about taking a sausage in the mouth. Even if we're not actually getting the the unexpurgated words out there, we deserve an explicit. Do we? Do we? And, That's not fair. And by this the way, isn't fair. I will. Before we sign out of here, I will note that somebody on Twitter the other day said, "I think without even knowing it." And had you copied on it, mm. oh, I'd be in the Lacey Chabert business. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs>